Welcome to GovCast, connecting with federal IT's top decision makers. I'm Alexander Bolova, production lead at GovCIO Media and Research. With me today is managing editor, Ross John Fortune. Hi, Ross. Hello, Alex. You had the opportunity to chat with Laura Stanton, Assistant Commissioner of the Office of Information Technology category at the Federal Acquisition Service. How'd it go? It went great. I mean, it, it very much showed the expertise that she has. I mean, she's been in uh, this world uh, for a while, and she's gotten to the place she is, where she leads a sizable workforce that manages thousands of contracts in the IT world. She's the real deal. So the government spent more than $77 billion on federal IT contracting. So saving money for taxpayers is a top priority. What is Laura Stanton doing in her position in order to save some money while also ensuring that the government gets the best IT it possibly can? Our conversation largely uh, centered around the Better Contracting Initiative, which is a planned by the Biden administration, the newest phase that came out in the fall. And a big part of that is finding ways to leverage the power of all the different contracts that the government has and to standardize things so that you can get better prices. You know, it's it's a fairly simple econ 101 type thing that when you buy in greater numbers, you know, the, the seller might, you know, you make it up in volume, that kind of thing. And so there uh, she talked about how the government can leverage that because it will also make the contracts more standard and make things easier, not just cheaper and more cost effective uh, for taxpayers. Well, let's not keep our listeners waiting. Let's take a listen to your conversation. Laura Stanton is the Assistant Commissioner for the Office of Information Technology category in GSA's Federal Acquisition Service. She joins me now to discuss the Better Contracting Initiative and its effects on IT contracting. Welcome to the show. Ross, thank you so much for having me here with you today. So in the broad strokes, what does the Better Contracting Initiative, which was the next phase was announced in the fall, What does it mean for federal IT procurement? So IT is specifically called out in the second pillar, but across the board in the Better Contracting Initiative, there are opportunities to improve IT acquisition. Let me just sort of run through a couple of things for you and how I'm seeing this. In FY23, the government spent more than $77 billion on federal IT. And GSA facilitated more than $38 billion of that through my office at the IT category at GSA. And so with those types of numbers, there's always going to be that opportunity to seek greater value for the taxpayer. And that's fundamental to how we're thinking about IT, which is let's leverage the power of the federal government to secure the best terms possible. And the Better Contracting Initiative, or BCI, really continues that trend. And because despite all of that $77 that I just mentioned, industry continues to view federal agencies as separate customers. We see separate different terms, pricing, and concessions for the same products. 
that are based largely on their specific purchase volume and innovative requests to resolve in agency-specific issues. And this means that the smaller agencies really tend to have less negotiating power and receive fewer of those favorable terms and inconsistent pricing. And so one of the things that we want, and I'll get more into this when we talk about the second pillar, but we really want the original equipment manufacturers or the OEMs and the value-added resellers, VARs, to start viewing the government as one customer and get to that standard terms and consistent volume-based discounts that really allow the agencies to establish those contracts that are reflective of the weight and size of the U.S. government. But we also recognize it's not industry's responsibility to facilitate better contracting. It's on the government to employ and maintain the people, the processes, and the technology to ensure these efficiencies. And that's what the BCI is hoping to achieve. And that's also what the government-wide federal IT vendor management office is here to help with. And that's part of both the government-wide IT category and part of, um, and it's a government-wide program that works across the agencies investing class contract vehicles to really address those common IT acquisition challenges and identify and develop resources to support all the agencies with their IT buying efforts. And so really that one centralized group is designed to bring those category management principles to all of government. In November, when the administration announced the Better Contracting Initiative's like next phase, in the fact sheet, it calls for a centralized data management uh, strategy. So what is that going to bring, particularly with regards to agency data sharing and cooperation? Because I know that can be a pain point for agencies. I think that we've we we certainly have been working on maturing our data collection and certainly at GSA we've been we've been working on doing that as well. That leveraging data across the federal agencies to get lower prices and better terms is changing. Is really looking at how do we change where procurement data prices and this could be prices paid, contract terms, etc. How is that data centralized and readily available to the contracting personnel across the government? And it's not just access to the million, millions of acquisition data points, but it's also beginning to get that business intelligence out of that data that actually makes it usable. So imagine what the centralization is described in the BCI of that information will do to really help drive market intelligence more accuracy on the independent government cost estimates and really more targeted statements of work are just a few of the things that we anticipate agencies are going to be able to accomplish with the successful implementation of this. And think about how much more confident a contracting officer is going to be if they know a particular vendor is willing to offer an organization of a similar size, right, the pricing, the terms, because they have access to this government data. And that's the type of intelligence that lets us save the agencies and the taxpayers millions of dollars. We've already, at GSA, we've already taken some initial steps with dashboards like the Calc Plus that enable the agency buyers to see and use that transactional data. And we anticipate that, and this will absolutely, the work that's happening under the BCI will take that further. We're talking about these prongs in 
the BCI, one of them is negotiating common enterprise-wide software licenses. Sort of talked about that a little bit, but what is the import of this for agencies? Why is it something that the government is so intent on? Yeah, and this is, that second pillar is the one that specifically addresses IT, though, as I mentioned, we certainly see opportunities throughout all of the pillars of the BCI. But I touched on briefly some of the challenges that we face about being seen as a decentralized buyer in the IT world. And the result is these inconsistent terms and conditions, inefficient buying, significant price variances, and inconsistent security postures. And through the IT vendor management office that I mentioned earlier, we're working on negotiating directly with those software OEMs to establish more favorable standardized terms and conditions, including those that are supporting the cybersecurity and the risk management, and also a new government line base, uh, baseline price strategy. We're working, we've been working very hard on this effort for the past months and have begun to focus on our first OEM. We've reviewed hundreds of, hundreds of contract terms pulled from the agency awarded contracts. We've narrowed down those terms to targeted areas, ranging from software license flexibility to overall product and infrastructure security. So the teams completed based on the data that we've collected, uh, pricing analysis and determined reasonable pricing reduction strategies. We've determined low, medium and high prices paid for products that are purchased at the agency enterprise level. We've identified which resellers are awarded the highest volume of contracts, as well as which resellers have the highest prices. And soon we'll be able to share the information about the volume purchased versus the prices paid and any relationship between contract awards, pricing, and inflation. So a big takeaway here is that, that we're identifying ample room for improvement, and that team is driving those cost reduction strategies that could increase cost savings for all federal agencies and really drive up the value for each dollar that we're spending with these OEMs. And those pricing strategies might include things like price lock, contract award lengths, pilot products, technical and integration support cost reduction, and price base price consistency across federal procurements, just naming to just name a few. And so it's really we're also worth noting that the OEMs receive benefits in the form of recognition from their willingness to step outside the typical government IT supplier norms. And it also gives the government a chance to be a, a better customer to these companies. And we really see that the successful implementation of this will be the result of significant collaboration between the OEM, the agency customers, and the highest level of the federal government. And this is something that we've already started working on, Ross. We've been working with OEMs through the IT vendor management office for the past, for the past year or two, and we've been working on identifying those common challenges that are faced across the government and really representing the government as a whole back to these, back to these companies. And so this, what we're talking about in the enterprise license agreement is really a natural continuation of the work that this group has already been doing. And really what we're looking at for success here is reducing that price variance across the government, improving the cybersecurity posture, 
increasing the efficiency buying gains by up to 25%, awarding contracts with more favorable terms and conditions, and generally increase the value for the money spent versus what's being purchased. So this is this is something really excited that we're very excited about that next step in the maturity of category management in this engagement. Now the government spends a lot of money in contracting. It's not I'm not breaking any news by saying that. And I imagine everyone wants to minimize the risk in these contracts. So how does BCI treat some risky high risk contracts, things like sole source contracts, stuff like that? And this is that risk that you're talking about is that risk that the government gets unfavorable or extremely high pricing or less favorable or non-flexible terms by companies that know that they're not competing for the business. And it's true that competition does fuel price reduction. So we have to get creative here and ensure that government officials can still negotiate enhanced or innovative contracts in circumstances where limited competition still exists. So the BCI does aim to build on successful strategies such as peer reviews, where independent procurement teams review the terms to deliver a second opinion and establish specialized teams of cost analysts, cost analysis experts who can determine reasonable prices and provide advice to those contracting officers. We've seen Department of Defense use these tactics to save hundreds of millions in the last several years, and the BCI really wants to seek to expand these concepts across the government, get more data um, through um, and those data points, and hopefully see even better results. And furthermore, acquisition personnel will be encouraged to use more hybrid contracts, which use the various cost structures in the same contract so that each requirement on the contract can be paid for using the most appropriate cost structure. So really some some exciting work and opportunity to expand what we've seen happening in DOD. Yeah, that is fairly, uh, you know, DOD obviously so big, there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. Speaking of which, this sets me up perfectly for, I guess, what I would call my final question. And, you know, I don't, you know, but obviously we can keep chatting. You know, I've talked to a few people at agencies who do talk a lot about the increased use of commercial tech in government. You hear it a lot, at, especially at DOD events when they're talking about agility and things like that. How does this phase of the BCI affect the ways that agencies use and buy commercial technology? Yeah, everything in the BCI supports that broader use of commercial technology and in that designed to make acquisition of commercial technology easier and more affordable. And we also encourage the use of commercial tech. There are so many amazing companies out there. There, We know that, especially in small businesses, that's where much of the innovation occurs. And they're, they're offering technologies that truly drive the missions of these government agencies. And so we want government buyers to be in the best position to get their agency access to that commercial technology and have the confidence that not only are they getting that technology, but they're also getting the maximum value for those investments. And this is where the data sharing that we talked about earlier, the contract improvement mechanisms and having those established the government's going to be in a better position to properly assess the market, learn about these innovations, and establish contracts that are beneficial to both parties. And part of the work being led um, 
by the IT vendor management offices. It's also about connecting and educating more small businesses about the government market. They've been hosting the quarterly meetings with industry groups like ACDIAC, ATARC, Coalition for Government Procurements, to name a few. And we've been seeing some of the successes the small business spend in the IT categories going up. Last In FY20, about 35% of the dollars spent in federal IT went to small businesses. In FY23, it reached 40%. That was really excited to see that because that gets to the commercial technology, the commercial services, and really begins to bring in um, that small business cadre into the federal government. So that was that was an exciting number for me when, when I spotted that one. And so I've talked a lot about the, the IT VMO and sort of all of the work it's done. So I would encourage your listeners to go check out the IT VMO website at itvmo.gsa.gov to learn more about their work and really join in some of this conversation and see some of the, some of the things in greater detail that I spoke about today. Yeah, there's a lot of resources that are available for sure. One of the things that we're also using is making sure that we're getting these requirements for the enterprise license agreement right the first time. So we're also going to be leveraging getting um, bringing together all of the federal agencies that have been participating with us and doing a civilian services acquisition workshop. So we're also using these techniques that are mentioned in the BCI, even on the work that I'm describing, which is part of it. So I'm excited to have that opportunity. Well, that's very exciting. And I think there's a lot of interesting stuff uh, going on here. And certainly I think it would be... Yeah, again, it's hard to to overstate how much is done in, in contracting and how much this will uh, make things streamlined and just generally better. Thanks so much for being on the show with us. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you, Ross. That was a fascinating conversation with Laura Stanton. Before we let our listeners go, do you have any last highlights or takeaways to leave them with? Uh, no, just that uh, you know the Federal Acquisition Service is such an integral part of the way agencies contract, and Laura Stanton is a huge part of that. Thank you again, Ross. Listeners, we have some exciting news. We are making some changes to our podcast here at GovSkyo Media and Research, and we are consolidating HealthCast, CyberCast, and GovCast into one GovSkyo Media and Research podcast feed. Conveniently, that feed is going to be the exact same one as the GovCast feed. So if you're already subscribed here, you don't need to do anything. You're just going to be getting more content all through the month from all of GovCIO Media Research's shows. So with all of that being said, you can still tune in next week for a brand new GovCast. We'll just be then followed by HealthCast and CyberCast and all that. If you like what you heard, make sure you leave a review and a five-star rating. And hey, tell a friend, uh, especially about the fact that we are updating our feed. We always appreciate growing our audience. I'm Alexander Polova. I'm Ross Jaffertune. Thank you for listening. GovCast, along with HealthCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. 
Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.